Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about the new horror film from A24 and Ty West X, the uh, highly anticipated, uh, by me at the very least, uh, film. Um, And as a fair warning up on top, spoilers. There's a lot to spoil in this movie. So if you care about that, as you should, um, maybe turn it off after the news. So uh, anyway, we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. Hey, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. That's right. Uh, So we finally got to see uh, X. We'll be getting to that uh, here in a little bit. But first, Dylan, what did you find online this week? What kind of news we got? I got all the news. All the news? It was a little bit of a light news week. Yeah, same here. I found some gems for everyone. Um, Uncut Jams. Uncut Jams. Uncut Jams. I was when he wrote Uncut Jams. Uncut Jams. (laughs) Sorry if you don't. If that's sorry like to this man. To you. Um, <laughs> anyway, Morbius, it's right around the corner, Michael. Um, I know the hype is through the roof. Um, uh huh. At least from us. No, I'm I'm still I'm still open to the idea that it's good. We'll see. So I mean, Michael, I know Michael I, wants it to be good, right? I I really do want it to be good because I don't want to sit through it. So right. you know, for purely selfish reasons, I would like the movie to be good, but. Other than that, well, also for everyone else, like I, I, oh. I don't want these excited people to be disappointed. True. We're just like such good people. Anyway, I mean, um, I, you know, we are very benevolent from our, you know, high ruling seat. Yes. Um. So the movie has been screened for some critics now oh oh no and the social media embargo lifted but not the review embargo so we don't have a tomato meter or anything yet but we do have reactions and some info about the movie some quick takes yeah they're allowed to answer some some questions about it and the one takeaway that i thought was really funny was um i think we should first flash back to maybe a year ago when they're or like six months when they were doing reshoots for this movie to add more Adrian Toomes, aka the Vulture. Yes. Uh, Michael Keaton's character. Um, and we were like, oh, it's an MCU movie, you know? Or at least to me it was, because there's an MCU character in it. So okay. I was like, that's that's like yeah. honestly, I feel like what drove a lot of the hype for the movie, or some of it, because it's like there's a little bit of the FOMO, like can't miss another MCU entry thing. Right. And if Morbius is taking place in the MCU, then it like adds a sense of urgency, I feel like. But the people who have seen the movie have confirmed that he's been completely removed from it, um, even though he was in the trailer. You remember yeah. when he was like, what's up, Doc? Yeah. Um, he's he's yeah. on. He's, he's so gone. That, scene, that scene is not in the movie. Um, something happened. They took out, they took out the vulture. Um, apparently he might be... Uh, this is a spoiler for Morbius, in case you... Care. Real quick warning. Two people yeah. Care. Um, apparently he might be uh, appearing in an after credit scene. Apparently there's two after credit scenes and one of them might be him. Not sure though, but I think it's really funny that they took out the one MCU connection from the, from the movie. I don't know if that means that's mm. if I, if I had to read the tea conspiracy theory hat on. Yeah. It would be that Kevin Feige saw it and was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, like we're not, I'm not being this associated not with be. this. Remove yeah. my, take my name out your mouth. Yeah, in association with Marvel. Yes. Um, like the trailers say. I don't know. What do you think, Michael? Does this mean that, like, do you think it was for story? Like, it just didn't work, his scenes? Absolutely. And they took it out? Absolutely. I don't think not. so either. There's right? no way. 
There's no way. I think even if I think even if it derailed the the plot a little bit, they would they still keep it in because it's like a course. cool connection, right? Yeah, you put it in there. But so if and they, he mm. Keaton confirmed that he was doing reshoots for it um on a talks on like a late night show. Okay. So he like went back again to do more scenes for this movie, and then they still cut him out entirely from the movie. That's really that is very interesting. You know, I I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, well, I do. I mean, that I think it's funny. That's how I feel about it. It it is pretty funny. But uh, does that mean Morbius is so bad that like you know that we'll actually enjoy it a lot more? Like if this is sort of like a bloodshot you know which is just bad and we didn't enjoy it you know that's 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 what i was expecting i was expecting this to be like bloodshot yeah i think that's what i'm expecting now still i just think i don't know i it, it's weirdly sony fake outs it seemed like after venom 2 remember he would it seemed like he was going to be in the mcu and then and they then were like we just kidding in spider-man uh no way home is then in that second after credit scene and then here we are with this too. It seems like maybe there were plans to connect them more and then they're like, you know, backtracking. Like, and actually, let's not yeah. do that, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I, I Either way, Morbius is going to be bad, but I think this definitely is not a good sign for Morbius. It might be good, Michael. It might be good. Um, you don't know. It, you don't I know. mean, might. I mean, by factual definition, yes, you're right. There is a chance. What? <laughs> Yeah, anything's possible in the multiverse. But what do of you madness. um what do you what percentage on Rotten Tomatoes will it have to get for you to official official or you know give an official podcast apology for being such a ooh. hater on Morbius? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um for me for, if it's fresh, fresh at all. If it's yeah. Fresh. Yeah. If it's yeah. even even 60, the absolute yeah, 60. lowest fresh. Um, speaking of that, I was uh, listening to a podcast um, about what well, doesn't matter what it's about um, there. And they were talking about Rotten Tomatoes and someone, one of the guys was saying that, uh, you know, oh, I don't really, I don't really trust Rotten Tomatoes. Like, and they, they just, these are people who have a podcast reviewing movies and they didn't understand the fundamentals of how Rotten Tomatoes worked and that it's not a, it's an aggregate and not. A hundred percent score does not mean that it is the best movie you've ever seen. It means that a hundred percent of the people said it is sixty percent or better. You know what I mean? Gave it a six out of ten. I, so, I mean that is a little embarrassing if you are reviewing movies, but I wouldn't blame the normal I, person for thinking that because that's. I agree. I think that makes more sense actually is to make the reviewers put in a percentage and then have an average like the score part of it. Right. Um, but. I don't know. You don't want you don't want to put a restriction on reviewers being like, like the thumbs up, thumbs down is already enough. I feel like you know that's already so whack. You know, for like, it just tells you that the movie is not going to be bad or shouldn't be yeah. bad, right? But there's Hopefully. no way Morbius is going to be fresh. No way. If if Morbius if Morbius is fresh, mm, I don't I don't have Michael will watch ooh. Legend of Korra season one. Dylan. That way I win either way. I get to see a good movie. Oh, wait, right. no. I, I would lose both ways the other way. <laughs> deal. I'll take the deal. Wait, okay, so what do you want me to do? That Well, but um, you also think it's going to be bad. Yeah, so I feel like I should have to uh, do something as well. Um, you have to watch um, uh, mm, For the pod. 
for the pod. Some, something old of my choosing. You don't have to decide now. We can. We can. Yes. We'll this have is, you this a few is weeks. Off, off the cuff. Okay, we'll revisit this then. Yeah, something for the pod. Something thematic, but something that we'll, I know you're not going to like. We'll pay the price if Morbius is good. Although Legend of Korra is supposed to be good, so like that, at least like you're having me watch something good. I know, I, but it's I something you would never watch otherwise. So that's true. <laughs> okay, um, that's enough about Morbius. I'm tired. But did you see um, that? Speaking of Morbius, did you see the th- the 3D billboard in Milan? It was actually amazing. No. It was super cool looking. Um, it's a it's just like a regular billboard of the poster, but then like Morbius like comes out from the inside of the poster and like tears it out like a like coming out of the poster it looks really neat oh, i'm looking i'm looking at it now that is cool yeah it's like there's no way the movie's that going to be that good right yeah but good that's job the best the marketing part. people yeah right yeah good good job marketing people for uh i mean you know if i was a casual that would get me to go see it yeah so anyway what else you got dylan all right, we got some secret invasion news. The upcoming Disney Plus Marvel show adapting, loosely adapting the Marvel uh, crossover event. Um, okay. Amelia Clark, we've known she's going to be in it for a long time. There's set photos and everything. But in the set photos, she just kind of looks like Amelia Clark. So we're like, who is, right. who is she playing? Um, apparently, it's been revealed. Not sure. And it's got some weird alien names, which I'll probably not pronounce correctly. But I also don't care about scroll uh, offending any scrolls. So it's fine. Um Let's see. She is playing Dorek V. Um, uh, okay. Oh, wait. No, I, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That's not who she's playing. Oh, I had it here. Veronki? Ver- wow. Veronki? Okay. Anyway. V- I'm sure it's Veronki. She, she's Veronki. She's, she's a member of the Dardvan, which is a deeply, oh. deeply religious scroll society who um, they basically, their whole thing is talking about the the end of the the apocalypse of the scroll empire you know how everything is going to fall yes um so she and this group of people are exiled by the ruler of the scrolls his that's dorek uh the seventh i guess um okay but eventually she ends up overthrowing him and taking his place and becoming like the queen of the scrolls and she's the one who orchestrates the whole secret invasion storyline of the comics she to put it in like an easier uh, digestible way. She's the the villain of Secret Invasion, like the the evil scroll lady, you know. Right. So okay. I think that's a cool role for her. Uh, evil Queen is a little on the nose for Amelia Clark coming off of Game of Thrones. Yeah, but, no kidding. Um, I'm sure there'll be way more to it than what they did with Daenerys. I mean, I hope so. But that um, that sentence that you read there at the beginning really. Uh, it just it reminds me of what it is that I don't like about uh, a lot of uh, san- uh, sci-fi and fantasy stuff. It just sounds like jargon heavy, leaning heavily on, oh yeah, you know, Varenki, the head of the the Don the Don Gara or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's a little bit, yeah, a little Dooney. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a little bit like Dune. It's like, and very that's very old school sci-fi, which I usually don't like. It's like, can you hold my hand a little bit more? Like, if it's done poorly, I'd like some hand holding when it's you're building an entire new world with no rules, you know, that I'm used to. Right. Like a yeah, if, hierarchy that I don't know. I would like you to tell me everything. 
Right. I mean, like if I'm 10 books deep into the legend of Drist, you can start throwing in a bunch of jargon and I can orient myself. You know, I've read 10 books in this, you know, but I don't know what this is. All you need to know, see, they might not even do that uh, zealot backstory thing. They might just make her now she's queen of the scrolls, you know, and sure. she thinks that the because in the Marvel universe, there's good scrolls and I guess bad scrolls, you know, it's not like the comics where they're all kind of evil like people um yeah <laughs> way more realistic so maybe she uh you know is the leader of a, of a bad faction of scrolls or something okay i'm okay well, with that i love secret invasion if they stick with the source material even a little bit i wish i still think like i'm gonna say this every time we talk about it i still think this would be a better avengers movie because i think half of the fun of secret invasion is like oh who's a scroll you know yeah so if you're not having like all the avengers there it's not like Oh, what so and so's been in scroll this whole time, you know? Like that'd be actually that gimmick cool. is the most fun part, you know? I don't know. Well, I'm I, sure this I will agree. be good regardless. I mean, yeah, of course it's gonna be good, but I mean yeah. And they did excited. that with Maria Hill and you know, like they did and Nick Fury. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Um Secret Vision will be out before we know it. Um we got some more Sony uh Marvel news. Uh-huh. Uh, more Madam Web casting. I'm of very course. perplexed by this, but they have cast for anyone who watches Euphoria, they should know her, um, Sydney Sweeney. Or she was also in uh, White Lotus on HBO, and she was in Handmaid's Tale uh, as a like a child actor. Um, but I think she's really, really good. She's the standout from Euphoria for me. Her and Zendaya, really? but she's a fantastic actress. Yeah, I, you would like her too, Michael, if okay. um, if you saw her, but. She's joining the Madam Web movie in an unnamed role. Uh, this is the Dakota Johnson Madam Web movie, which we don't know of anything course. about yet. We don't know who huh. either of them are playing. It's assumed that Dakota Johnson is playing Madam Web since she was the first person announced. But people okay. are saying Black Cat. They're saying Spider Gwen. I don't know. Um, hmm. I guess there's nothing for you to say on this, Michael, because you don't I mean, know the actress or the movie. I don't I mean, know the movie either. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah i mean just take I, my I, word for it there's some good there's, i do i mean there's I, a good I, actress in a sony movie euphoria <laughs> has has a good cast so i mean at the very least casting someone from a popular show that's well respected is definitely a good sign yeah it's still sony so i don't know that doesn't that doesn't mean anything i don't know who she would play because her character you know how sometimes especially i feel like sony would do this would like cast who they're playing in another show, but as this new character, of course, you know what I mean? Like in, in euphoria, she's like constantly manic and like having a meltdown all the time, you know? Yes. And I, that's not black cat or spider Gwen to me. So I'm not sure if it's either of those, but I'm just reaching, you know, who knows? Cause there's nothing well, to go off of yet. Going off of just the photo from the article, black cat is good casting. Yeah. She could be black. She could be either one, but I guess I could see Black Cat a little bit more. Yeah, but she's really cool. I follow her on TikTok. She's really cool in real life too. She like she has a garage. It's like Sydney's garage, and she fixes up cars and stuff like that. Uh huh. She's a she's she's a cool follow if you're on TikTok. Okay. Um, I mean, you know what? I'll in preps for the Madam Web film. I will uh, film. I will. Uh, I'll give her a follow on the. Talk. Then you'll be familiar with her by the time the movie comes out. Exactly. All right, we got some Star Wars news. Okay. Um, Mandalorian season three, they're adding Christopher Lloyd, 
of Back to the Back to the Future. We all know him. I, yeah, I saw that. That's interesting. They said his role is guest star in nature, whatever that means. Guest star um, in nature. Yeah, not like in nature, but it's like a guest star in nature. Like oh, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's guest starring, but only in the forest. I was like, yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> um, so he's like a Werner Herzog type, I assume. I don't know what that means. Uh, a guest star okay. in nature. So he's 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 in an episode. So he's a guest star. So he's right. So he's a guest <laughs> star, or he's a featured player. What are we talking? What? I don't understand the in nature part, but I guess I'm just probably reading into that, it. That just, just sounds say, like you someone just say right. That sounds like someone has unclear wording, and we're reading into it. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think they meant nothing by that. But I don't know who he's. We we have no idea who he's playing. You he's got to be. very he's secretive. Got to be a battle hardened Mandalorian. <laughs> gotta be no he's gonna be he's gonna be star wars doc brown he's gonna be a scientist or a he'll be a, a mechanic you know something related to fixing the spaceships that's i think they're gonna typecast from back to the future that's what i'm fixing going with. the spaceships yeah maybe no. there's been some leaks for the finale of mandalorian this week also already yeah uh spoilers for mandalorian skip ahead um, these yeah. are probably true they, this is just who I think he might be playing. They said there's a scene with an old, crusty, light-skinned man and an old, crusty, dark-skinned man who are the leaders of oppositional Mandalorian forces. And at one point in the scene, it takes place in a cave. These are from people who saw them shooting in a cave. Um, the big reveal is that there, there's a mythosaur that shows up, oh, which is... of course. Um, it's been prophesized within the Mandalorian. It says it the songs just- that... The songs of eons past foretold of the mythosaur rising up to herald the new age of Mandalore. Um, is it wait? Is it really called mythosaur? M y t h o s a u r mythosaur. I have a problem with that, and I don't like it because it's a myth and it's a I don't dinosaur. I, don't like, I yeah, I'm not I'm not into that at all. It sounds very Saturday morning cartoon. Right. Me. It sounds like something um, a child would watch. I would expect yeah. better from the Mandalorian, but maybe that's already. Uh, pre-established all we're saying so he could be the old crusty white light-skinned man <laughs> i mean I'm that saying. sounds that i mean that's that that's good casting that's good casting it's weird that an official uh description would say crusty for <laughs> a, a person but you know right um the return of of mandalore might be happening <laughs> i'm casting for a gross old man um preferably yeah. with light light skin tone a decrepit uh <laughs> Yeah, rotten old disgusting. man. Disgusting. Yeah. I'm sure I mean, he'll be great, or it'll be like a Danny Trejo. Uh, hello, and then goodbye, like kind of thing, you know. We're waiting for him to come back, and then he doesn't. Like, but I would describe that as cameo, not guest star. So I think I think he'll be in more of it. Okay. All right. So some comic news: the Hellfire Gala is back. Apparently, this is an annual thing. Oh. Uh, I don't really care about the story too much. Um, I don't think anyone does with the, the Hellfire Gala. Yeah, it's the fashion. So this is a, I guess, an annual event now where they give a bunch of artists the opportunity to to design a Met Gala style costume for all the mutants and and Avengers. Anyone attending, and That's you get awesome. a bunch of cool variants. Um, so there's a bunch by Russell Donovan who did the last ones. Um, there's all the Avengers are attending too. They're getting some some outfits, and it's just a cool. Uh, uh, I think there's 20 variants this time. And okay. there's a Hellfire Gala one shot. It's 72 pages. It's it's supersized. And uh I'm sure 
you know, something will go wrong at the party, you know, like it did last time. But of course, but I mean, you're buying this to, to get the yeah, the pretty clothes, right? Yeah, pretty close. I like the uh, the Wanda one. I like the Cyclops one. He looks like a Jedi. I don't know if you saw the Cyclops. Uh, yes, Cardella I did. Outfit. It's actually very good. Yeah, um, there's some cool ones. I think you should go check them out. Yeah, I mean they're um, on Twitter. Um, that's where I saw them. Yeah, I had a big a big moment on Twitter. Um, all right, one more comic news. We're getting a new comic called Riddler Year One. It's a black label book, and it's supposed to come out end of this year, fall, winter, something like that. Uh, October, yeah, October. Um, and it's been by Paul Dano, who played Riddler in the Batman movie. That's so interesting to me. Like, I didn't know he was a writer. He might not be. Okay, fair. Well, fair enough. <laughs> We'll Neither see. was CM Punk or Batista. Or Henry uh, Abrams. And, and they still aren't. Um, um, but yeah. That's uh, exciting. This was... Okay, so I, I heard about this book. It was like a big thing on Twitter. It's cool of the actors writing it. Um, this happened with DC recently. The actor who plays Batwing in the CW shows wrote a Batwing story in one of the books. I don't know oh, really? how that went over. I didn't read it. But okay, that's a cool gimmick. Um, I mean, that's neat. I mean it, and people really do like Paul Dano. I mean, I liked Paul Dano a lot. I thought he was excellent in that yeah. role. Um, I do Writing think it's and a little, are different skills, though. It, yeah. Right. I do think it's a little weird having someone who played a character write a character. It's like Paul Dano didn't write the Riddler. Right. He was written for and directed by, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. casted or cast, you know. Uh, so I don't know. It's a little weird. But it was the, the reason I saw this on Twitter. It had was a little controversy surrounding the announcement. They blasted it everywhere Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, their course. website. And they didn't mention the artist anywhere. So all the artists I followed were commenting, like, I assume someone drew this. <laughs> and like, you know, because that's a big, that's equal billing, I feel of like course. a big part of comic books, you know, it's like, who's the artist? But they didn't even mention. Um, wow throughout uh and neither did i uh i feel like this happens all the time (sighs) with uh comic stuff there's always like they disrespect creators in one capacity or another regularly yeah i don't know what that's about like uh it's like i I I feel like it's marketing departments that aren't into the industry you know and so they're not to if you're a marketing department and you're not into comics paul dano is the lead line who cares who drew the book? Because Paul Dano is the is the selling point. That's I true. Mean, it's, it's, it's the actor, yeah. Right. If if I'm someone who doesn't care about comics and just I work in marketing, yeah. But still, it's kind of rude, and especially when it's like a big writer too. And it's like John Ridley's the Batman. You know, it's like the comic name or something. It's like, well, the artist puts in like four times the amount of time normally that the writer does. You know. Oh, oh. actually making it if not more absolutely yeah but the artist for riddler is steven subic who wrote elric the dreaming city or he he drew it so mm. not familiar with artists but the the art was really nice in elric i remember specifically oh okay cool yeah but that is all my news for this week okay well uh let's let's hear about uh let's hear about our live sale I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. 
Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com slash live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. Uh, thank you for telling us all about that live sale so consistently every single time. It's going to be time. a good one. I know, I do it the same way every time. <laughs> I, I'm impressed. It's really... But that guy, or that whoever does it, I don't know who that is. But, who, um, it's, it's, it's a it's an aide that he, we hire. Yeah. He, he gives very valuable information. Yeah. He sounds a lot well like delivered. you. Yeah. Well, you know, great. Well, minds. you trained him. Yeah. I told him yeah. the inflections and everything. But oh, well, I mean, nice. this, he's right, though. This is going to be a good live sale this week. We is have, it? yeah, we got some cool first appearances. We got Black Panther first appearance. We got Blue Ooh. Marvel. We got a, we got a Daredevil first appearance. Oh, you don't see that too often. I know. We haven't had that before. But also, we're giving away 150 passes for uh, Fantastic Beasts. The Secrets of Dumbledore. <sighs> Michael, help me out. What's it called? Aren't you a Harry Potter Fantastic fan? Or Laurie, Beasts Laurie 3. Or something used to be? Nope. Fantastic yeah. Beasts 3. That's what it's called. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The next Fantastic Beasts. We have a pre-screening that is actually like a few weeks before the movie comes out. Oh, that's we're cool. Be, and we're going to be revealing the link first during the live stream where you can get passes for that. And this is the one, so, the first one with uh, Mads Mikkelsen instead of Johnny Depp, right? I didn't um, see the last one, so I couldn't okay. tell you. But okay. maybe I think so. I like, yeah. I like Mads Mikkelsen, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. There's gonna be exciting. some Potterheads out there who Potterheads. You know, who care. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. People out there love their Wizard Rock, Harry and the Potters, <laughs> and uh, the rest of them. There's others, right. I'm sure. Um, but we're it's a special a special live stream tonight because we're doing it from my home since we're not gonna from your house. The, yeah. So I need everyone to tune in to like show hey. that. That we can do it, you know. We can do make it. Sure from home. Make sure you're VPNing, Dylan. I don't. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Know. You're right. Stay, Bedrock stay, at home. Stay safe. No, um, I can come over. But that's yeah. all. Yeah. That's just come that's hang it. out. Okay. Um, we'll get into my news. I don't have too much this week, uh, or too much to uh, that has of any length. Um, big uh, news here is D and D Dungeons and Dragons uh, announced a new book today, all uh, called Radiant Citadel. Um, today, as in Tuesday. Um, and the, uh, it's going to be a book with 13 new adventures, kind of like, uh, Candlekeep mysteries or tales from the yawning portal, sort of a big book of short adventures that you can sort of slot in anywhere or run, uh, on a one-off type of thing, but it's all written by black and brown authors, which is pretty cool. Um, that's cool. I like yes. the art a lot on that cover. It looks yes. not, it looks very did, different. Did you see the, um, the art on the, the variant cover too? Yeah. The variant that's awesome. Cover, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, they used to do, and I really like the old alternate arts that they used to do by Hydro 74, and they're great, and I love them. And that's what they start that that's what started out the whole variant books. But they have experimented lately with doing some some different ones with some more successful than others. But this is really really cool. Uh, pre-orders are up at your local Bedrock City, um, so make sure you go get get your copy secured while you can. Um, we don't know much about, um, I don't think I have a release date for it yet. Uh, no, I don't. It's coming out sometime. 
Um, But a quote about it here is the Radiant Citadel is not a place of backstabbing and lurking monsters and crime just around the corner. The Radiant Citadel was meant to give players a a real hope, a respite, a place to regroup and rebuild after facing the worst and most tragic challenges where they could launch incredible stories and adventures across the multiverse. So it seems to be, um, you know, a more um, less cutthroat setting, which I appreciate because some people really want to play D and D as a combat game and it, and ultimately it is a combat game. Um, but sometimes you don't want to do that. So give this book a look. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. Um, that was announced today. Um, we have some casting news. I know that's normally Dylan's territory for the new, um, Adams family series is coming to Netflix, uh, called Wednesday. looks like Christina Ricci is coming back. That's awesome. Um, Yes. Um, I don't, it doesn't specifically say that she's playing Wednesday though. Um, it says live action. Interesting if she wasn't. Right. So it says, the, so here's the line here. Uh, this is the new Adams Family, blah, blah, blah. Christina Ricci, the actor most closely associated with the title character, will be a major part of the live action show. show. Interesting. Is so, it like, is it like an older Wednesday telling a story or something? I don't know. It's a coming of age comedy. Oh, so she's not Wednesday throughout the show then. No. Okay. Doesn't seem like I thought maybe I thought maybe it was like an adult version, but that's my guess. She's Wednesday in the future. That's what I want. Um it's been described as a sleuthing, supernaturally infused mystery. Um so we also have uh Jenna Ortega in that, uh, who's gonna be playing actually uh Wednesday. So there we go. And I don't know that I don't know who Jenna Ortega is. So you do. Oh, I do. Oh, yeah, I do. I do know who Jenna Ortega is. You've seen her in three movies this year, Michael. I have. I have. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot her first name was Jenna. I thought it was Jennifer for some reason. That's a good pick, though. I like her. Yeah, that's a that's a good pick for uh, for Wednesday. But it's good to see Christina Ricci coming back to the Adams family. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we have? Um, so Junji Ito, uh, horror manga, you know, master master over here um his, his favorite work of mine is uzumaki i love that uh it's, uzumaki means spiral in japanese and it's about people who become obsessed with spirals or the spiral pattern or things of that nature um and a lot of people forget that there was a live action adaptation of this film of this manga uh about 20 years ago um and i saw it in theaters at amc first colony uh, oh yeah, in the year 2000, 22 years ago, uh, came out in 2000. I saw it first Colony Mall, uh, and I loved it. I had no, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know who Junji Ito was. I just saw this weird Japanese movie about about people who like spirals and died. Um, okay, but anyway, it's been out of print for a really long time. Um, it is getting a North American Blu-ray release, which is very exciting. If you've never seen it, 100% worth your time. It's from uh, the company is Nihon Nights. Um, it's coming out sometime. So, but it's okay. just been, been announced. So go check it out. Um, there's trailers that you can go see all over Twitter. Um, that looks like they've done a good job remastering it. Have you ever seen this, Dylan? I assume not. Most no, people I haven't. seem to not even know it exists. Um, that's cool though. It's really, I, there's, there's scenes with it that have just stuck with me because I only saw it in theaters and I never saw it again. There, I know there was a DVD release in North America, but I don't think it ever hit Blu-ray. Um, That's exciting. I just remember a lot about it. I'll probably um, watch it. Yeah, I, I recommend it. 
Um, I only have two more pieces of news, I think. Um, so Chris Stuckman, the stuck get stuckmanized, get stuckmanized. Uh, if you're familiar with any, uh, YouTube critics out there, um, Chris Stuckman, uh, famous YouTube uh, movie reviewer has launched a uh, Kickstarter for his very first film called horror film called Shelby Oaks. Um, and it has smashed a Kickstarter record. Seems like these things are getting broken left and right. He had a goal of $250,000 and has raised $660,000, which is a new record for a horror project on Kickstarter. So that's really cool. A lot Um, of money. It is. That's scary, though, because I feel like you're going to delegitimize your movie reviews a little bit if you have like an absolute awful. So that's what I was going to say. It's like, so if you are a professional, because he's, I'm assuming he doesn't have a day job at that, at this point. YouTube is his day job. I think um, so. Yeah. But he's always I, wanted to be a director. That's like his whole thing. Is he sure? But this is like his dream. Does, does reviewing movies a lot make you good at making a movie? I think it I, may help a little bit, but like in the technical aspect, maybe not, you know? I think, I think that's when you just have to get somebody, get people smarter than you, you know, who mm-hmm. know lighting. And although, you know, I would imagine he's probably pretty good at, some of the te- technical aspect as a YouTube creator, he probably had to do a lot of that stuff himself early on and maybe still does. I don't know. He seems um, pretty knowledgeable about the technical aspect. So he does. The only thing I'm not, I'm not sure about is if it will be well-written, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested. I'm very invested. I want to see how this turns out, but did you, did you back it? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not invested. Money Literally. Wise. Yeah. Um, but but he, here's a, here's a synopsis. Shot as a traditional feature, but with some elements of found footage. Shelby Oaks is a horror film about missing paranormal investigators. Uh, the dark legacy they uncovered and far-reaching effects their investigation ha- uh, has as Mia searches for her sister, Riley, the lead paranormal investigator 12 years later. Um, huh. Yeah. So that tells you nothing. Uh, it's about paranormal. It's about ghost hunters. That's what it sounds like. It's a good way to save some money is doing the found partially found footage you know uh-huh. absolutely That's what he's doing not that he needs it but <laughs> i you know i relatively trust the stuck you know i think he would make something that's not bad you know what i mean his name would get me to go see it once at least yeah for his first time for sure yeah definitely um and then our last piece of news um shout out to a movie we reviewed a month or two ago um scream six has uh, received a theatrical date, March 31st, 2023. So we are one year away from Scream. And I also what will know- be called? A sc- Ooh. <laughs> scream um, again. It's Scream, scream. but the Scream, but the, but the S is a six. Ugh, you're right. I hate that, but that's probably what it is. Um, and we do know that Gail Weathers is returning. Yes. Um, and Courtney Cox has received the script and has not read it yet she said uh but she's very excited to read it um as she would be how do you not read it when you get it i'd be i would flip to it my parts and be like wait what do i in my life you know do i die or what yeah i think in the interview she had just gotten it that day um, no excuse yeah no excuse read it immediately um <laughs> so we don't know if any other we don't know anything else about returning um cast members other than um, we know that uh, Matt Bettinelli open and Tyler Gillette are returning to direct 
the film um, and James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick are going to return to write it. So that's good. Cause we enjoy, I think we on the whole enjoyed scream five. It had problems, but uh, I enjoyed it. I want the two sisters, uh, Jenna Ortega's character and yes. um, Melissa. I can't remember the, the other character's name, uh, the other actress, yeah. but I think they should return. They're they the were ones great. that were kind of set up. Like I want to see more of the serial killer's daughter me too like aspect explored i hope they come back more so than like sydney prescott or something i really don't care about sydney prescott at all and coming from a giant fan of the original franchise i loved sydney prescott i just don't care i don't need any more of that i had enough of it for 15 years however long those movies were coming out i don't need it i'm good i get it yeah um but that's it that's all i got i got i got very little news this week um however we got to make sure that we remember our pick of the week uh so let's let's do that first and I'm, you know what, Dylan? I'm throwing a curveball. Throwing a curveball. You're picking an actual comic? Uh, no, I'm picking a movie. Oh, that's not much of a curveball. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't think I, I don't think I've ever picked a movie before. I am picking yeah. House of the Devil by Ty West. It is free on Tubi. Ooh, a lot of his movies are. Yes, right? a few at of li- them. At least the good ones are, anyway. Um, the 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 big three, I think. Uh, House of the Devil specifically is what I'm going to recommend. Because, uh, as we'll talk talk about briefly in a little bit, uh, or talk about in a little bit, um, House of the Devil is thematically very 80s. Um, but not the 80s that you're thinking of. Not the neon pink and blue 80s. The brown and tan couch 80s. You know? the mm-hmm. Yes. And from a very technical standpoint, much like X, it feels like a movie that could have come out in 1984 or five you know mid just okay 80s film very very good very effective kind of a dopey ending but so did a lot of those movies i think that was on purpose um but anyway so that's my pick this week house of the devil for free on tubi also if you want a movie if you if you want a uh if you want a comic the pentagram of horror is super cool looking um i know i know we got it at my store so the pentagram of horror go check it out Sweet. My my pick is We Have Demons, number one. It's a dark horse book from Those look really Scott cool. Snyder and Greg Capullo, the team of New 52 Batman. Um, the synopsis of that of it is very uh, vague. Couldn't tell you much about it. It's a woman about a woman named Lam Lyle who this is after the loss of a loved one. She discovers a hulking benevolent demon named Helvis and realizes uh-huh. that her knife is about to undergo a dire new direction. And she has powers now and the world's ending and she's got to save. it's like you know it, i right. think it's purposely vague um okay but i'm excited to find out what it's actually about but that's a good team it's an all-star team you know I'm, I'm sure it won't be bad whatever it is but it's interesting that they're a dark horse i feel like this is like it's giving image energy you know yeah or like boom well, maybe wasn't this one of those comicsology originals that is getting oh is it print for, for, put into print the first time i think there's well, then a i book- guess everyone knows what it's about <laughs> yeah, right. Well, there's a book this week that is that, and I think it's that one, but I don't remember. Um but, but the art is really nice and it's really nicely bound too. Um yeah. I, not to there's be a, a dork, there's a Peach Momoko really, cover that I really like. Yes. Not to be a dork, but I do appreciate good comic binding, you know. Me too. Yeah. You know, when it's not like falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Or or you know, bad paper stock um but anyway like when that when the outside paper is just the inside paper and like on your way to the car Sh- I guess, shout out to I iron guess, man this week 
I think they had a printer problem <laughs> okay. and the Iron Man is. Oh, man. Okay. Well, it's weird. Yeah, but, that's my pick. Okay. Very cool. Um, well, let's hear about all of our, well, our one remaining tabletop game event and the rest that have already happened. Now it's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming gaming events for the month of March. Kicking it off with Keyforge, we run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7pm to around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. Feel free to come by in an hour early to learn how to play. You can join us this month on March 4th and March 18th. We are bringing back in-person Beginners RPG Day on March 26th. This month we are playing Spirit of 77, the 1970s pop culture RPG that turns up the volume and never slows down. Kung Fu tough guys, good old boy truckers, starry-eyed rockers, hard-boiled sleuths, all jam-packed into one funky, easy-to-learn game system that's powered by the apocalypse. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, character sheets will all be provided. There is no entry fee. However, we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited. Sign-ups are only open three weeks before the event. To sign up, call the Clear Lake location. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month, we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. This month, on March 12th at the Katy location, we'll be hosting the WizKids Chimera Paint Night. The following Saturday the 19th at Clear Lake, we'll be painting the Ice Troll. For only $20, you'll get one miniature, 12 paints, two brushes, a water pot, and a palette. Come down and try to follow the given instructions or forge your own path. We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back. Hopefully, uh, we can see some of you out at our final remaining tabletop gaming event this month, um, this coming Saturday. Um, but anyway, we are here to talk about X. And as a reminder, um, full spoilers for X. Um, there's a lot to spoil in this movie, as we said earlier. So if you care, and you should, turn back now. You've been warned. Yeah. All right. So we are here to talk about um, Ty West and A24's new horror man. Let me, okay, let me, let me, let me back it up a little bit. Dylan, um, what was your hype level coming into this movie? It was pretty high. I saw that 96 Rotten Tomatoes score and I saw the trailer. The trailer was very well edited as A24 trailers always are, you know? Right. Um, I didn't have the built-in Ty West uh, fandom that you did, Mm -hmm. but I liked the cast a lot in the trailer and the Rotten Tomatoes score. So that combination made me pretty excited. Okay. What's it sitting at right now? Is it still 96? 96. Yeah. That's awesome. That's um, really good for a horror movie. We should say, you know, that's that's. I feel like massive for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so very cool. Um, anyway, I don't know. I haven't looked it up ahead of time where his older movies are sitting. I think they're on the low end of fresh or rotten. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, there's that. But so I was super hyped for this. Um, I'm a big fan of Ty West. Um, have been since House of the Devil came out on DVD. Because I don't know if it got a real theatrical run or if it did, it didn't get a wide one. Uh, and I heard about that. I heard about that movie via Fangoria and a podcast that I used. Well, it was a pre-podcast before podcasts were a thing. It was a downloadable MP3 internet radio show. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, shout out to deadpit.com. Um, still that around. sounds like a podcast. Uh, yeah. But it, it they called it horror talk radio because the, 
podcast the word podcast wasn't like um universally adopted yeah crazy um but anyway so um i've been a big fan of his for a long time if you've seen any of his movies uh you probably know what to expect um but anyway so let's talk about x um not gonna bury the lead at all i absolutely loved this movie i had a very very good time with it uh i got to i saw it on sunday i really do want to see it again already um i think yeah i think there's a lot to see the second time around as well so um, i want to say i was like very surprised by the movie um because i was expecting one type of a theme and i wasn't and i didn't get it what theme were you expecting supernatural more um, right like possession or ghosty or satanic cult or you know what i mean like something spoopy yeah i could see that uh based on the trailer you know and 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 also because you know uh how's the devil and innkeepers are both those types of vibes um but that's not what this was uh this was more of a slasher movie which was awesome and let's 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 talk about the cast and the characters first dylan yeah um so this, the movie is starring Mia Goth, but has other people in it as well. I think, what do we have? Uh, 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 Brittany Snow, Kid Cudi. Yeah. Oh, I've never seen Kid Cudi in a movie before. He's done movies before? Not that I know of. Okay. Well, he was uh, good in this. Um, yeah. And then a bunch Martin of people. Martin Henderson, Jenna yeah. Ortega. Jenna Ortega is the only other person that I've heard of. Um, right. But I, I thought Mia Goth was excellent in this movie. So... Are we doing the spoiler immediately? I guess. So, I guess we should go into what the movie, like the premise. oh, the the plot of the movie. So the plot of the movie is there is a, the title of the film is X because of the X rating, um, mm-hmm. which doesn't exist anymore. It sort of morphed into NC seventeen, I think. Um, X is what you know, films would be would be rated when they were unclassified or, um, you know, MPA wouldn't give it an age certificate because it's too extreme or too whatever films that like you know um a clockwork orange fritz the cat midnight cowboy last tango in paris sweet sweetbacks badass song um are all famous movies that received the x rating back in the day and funny enough the title card in the beginning of the movie uh is the old x uh rating logo um that they used to put on front of the movies um but so this is a plot about a um adult film that's being made uh people that live uh, a bunch of uh, people that live in houston are going to somewhere in texas to some farm to shoot their their dirty movie in secret they're mm-hmm. they're gonna try to pull one over on this old man who has a farm pay him pay him some extra money to be able to shoot their porn there on the cheap um and that's it kind of kind of like they write an airbnb you know? yeah pretty much in, yeah 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 in the and 70s yeah, which is like I, I guess that could happen, huh? Like, yeah, there's. I mean, stopping someone from doing that. <laughs> I mean, other than the terms of terms of uh, whatever, you know, yeah, terms of service for renting. We didn't have those back then, right? I mean, they just handed this man some extra money. Like, hey, this is no big deal about these extra people, right? I but like how that isn't much of a premise. It's just like uh, a setup, you know? <laughs> right. Well, you know, thinking about this movie, I, I've. And how, you know, we reported the article last week that they shot the prequel at the same time. 
you know, I understand there was there were a shooting in New Zealand and they were sort of on lockdown for a while, but like, and, and they had some extra time. But like, I feel like this movie could have been shot pretty quickly because there's only a few locations, right? And you know, I don't know. I think I think it could have. I can I can definitely see being able to uh, to do that. It takes place almost entirely at this house. Almost, the yeah. Guest the two, house, the two like, houses. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Um, did you notice, Dylan, that the house uh, resembled the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house from the original film? I had that thought during the trailer. Okay, well, it totally yeah. did. I, and I, th- there's a lot of, or there's a few horror references in the movie as well. Um, but yeah, so Mia Goth plays um, the girlfriend of the director, well, not director, producer of the of the porn movie. Yeah, uh-huh. the movie they're making is called The Farmer's Daughters or Farmer's Daughters. <laughs> Yeah. And so she plays one of said farmer's daughters. Um and the producer is played by somebody. Martin um, Henderson. Martin Henderson. His name is Wayne. Wayne. And who was doing to me a um really looked a lot like um Bill Pullman or no 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 not, not like uh like a younger Kurt Russell to me. Like he was doing like a Kurt Russell impression. I could see that, um, yeah. Um but I thought he was great as like the the sleaze bag, but like with a heart of gold type. You know what I mean? I, I, th- I thought Did he, he have was... a heart of gold, kind of. I guess. Uh, I mean, <laughs> on the was, scale, he... I feel like he was more towards sleaze bag. <laughs> That's true, but like, but I feel like you didn't hate him though. You know, I, I didn't. Really... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hate him. I didn't root for him to die. <laughs> the, I didn't. I didn't really hate any of these characters. Um, no, I didn't have the typical. I, you didn't get that right. Like you didn't get the, Oh my God, you're so annoying. I can't wait for them to die. Like I, I, I feel like kid Cuddy's character, Jackson, the, the one man in the porn movie um, in a different movie, that character would have been the annoying one. Yeah. For sure. He's flexing, standing naked in front of the, the window talking about, you know what I mean? Just being yeah. annoying. But in this, he seemed like a cool dude. Like, I don't know. He seemed nice. you like him. I mean, I think, like you said, everyone did, and I guess maybe which, not RJ. RJ kind of sucked. The uh, the director who who was trying to make yeah. his elevated porn. Yeah, he was pretty bad. I was not, I was happy when he died. But, well, um, I don't know if I was happy when he died, but I was like, I didn't I care. Um, um, go ahead. But that's what I like. That's I think my favorite thing about this movie is that it seems like the it sets everyone up to be like the typical horror. Like, oh, here's the promiscuous girl. Here's the virgin old girl. She'll be the final girl. And then here's this guy. And, you know, like it, the, right. the archetypes they give you the, the horror tropes. movie characters. Yeah. And um, they kind of have a lot of, like, they play with it a lot and have a lot of freedom and flip it on its head with each person. You know, they're more nuanced than what they're initially presented as. I, yeah, um, definitely. And that, that made everything surprising for me, you know, like genuinely being surprised by how things unfold and most of the movie is a drama i would say it doesn't yeah. even get to slashery until the end i mean I, I don't think the first the first kill happens like 50 minutes to an hour in right yeah I, you know and at the, yeah and it's you just get like a weird care you get character stuff and like maybe a little bit of tension about like, are they going to get busted for their porn? Mm-hmm. I mean, although obviously we know what movie we're seeing. Yeah. <laughs> so we know there's a horror element coming, um, but you get this old lady 
um, you know, if, a very psycho vibe of, you know, Norman Bates talking about his mother. You get the old man talking about his wife, uh, who you only see from far away, at, you know, whatever. You don't see her for a little bit, and. And these are the owners of the house who are still living in the main house part while yes, they're sitting yes. in the guest house. Correct. And they're just like very, very old, like gross looking. Right. Which uh, rednecks. Which, you know, Dylan, I think you inadvertently called it like a week ago. when we I talked did. To- I, I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. You, you totally called it. Like, but, you know, so uh, as a full reminder, this is the big spoiler. Um, or one of the big ones, Mia Goth also plays the old woman, uh, who's named Pearl. Um, but I feel like it's not even that um, it's obvious that it's not a real old woman, but like, right, the, I can't, the makeup, you could tell, yeah, I mean, the makeup is good, but like, I mean, that's clearly no, no, a working actor looks like that, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like, right. um. No, act, it, no actor that looks like that could stand for 12 hours a day, you know? Right. But um, I think Mia Goth like completely disappeared in, in, under that makeup and was a completely different performance. You know, she... For sure, yeah. It's so good um, as both characters. And we were talking about it last week as we said that that was a very tricky worded article where Mia Goth is reprising her role in the prequel. Like, well, how is that possible? Because she's playing the old woman. This is what I call being too movie savvy, you know? Like, right. If, if it takes place in the past, she's surprising a role. Oh, she's the old lady, you know? Like, right. I feel like people who don't constantly read movie headlines and stuff maybe wouldn't pick up on that. But I wish I hadn't seen that, but it wasn't that big of a spoiler for, for this movie, you know? Right. I was going a step further. I was like, is there like time, time travel? travel? Because, well, during the movie, I thought since I could tell early on that it was the old lady what was her name uh pearl Pearl. yeah i could tell that pearl was played by mia goth so i was like is she gonna like de-age at some point like that's what i I don't know i was predicting something like there had to be a a reason like a skeleton key type of a scenario did you see that yeah 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 yeah. something like that or or we get a flashback with her like i was i was just like inventing reasons that mia goth would be playing her but it turns out the reason was just i think they wanted pearl to be a foil for maxine and you know, be envious of her youth and it right. made it more uh, on the nose, you know, and easier for us to connect the dots that way. But I think that was a cool creative decision. I liked it. I, I agree too. And that way, when they shot the prequel film Pearl, you just have Mia Goth already there, you know? Yeah. Um, but I let's talk about Mia Goth. This, she's like a, really the star of the, the show and really is just fantastic in this movie. Yeah, um, she's the one in every scene, pretty much, or most yeah. of them. And I don't think anybody stood out as like um, you know, dead weight in the movie either. Um not really. Uh yeah, I guess you're right. RJ I mean, a little bit. RJ R, but RJ I RJ totally, was there to die though. Yeah, but I totally believed RJ though. I know people like that. Like yes. the film person who is so up their own butt about film and whatever. And this so you know he, he sucked he was i gotta say sucked. that was my he was part of my favorite one of my favorite scenes of the movie it was like a great callback um 
this movie's very feminist. We should say that, you know. Yes, it is. Um, which I like a lot. But I liked uh, the callback at the being when he was like, she did, his girlfriend didn't know she was operating the the mic, right? She's the boom operator, right. and she didn't know that they were filming a porn. A, a porn, yeah. Um, and then he's like, "Oh, when did you become such a prude?" And yeah. then later on, after she shoots a few scenes, she's like, "Hey, I want to be in it. Like, what? I want to do a scene." And of course, he has a meltdown. You know, like right, weeping in full then, on weeping in the shower meltdown. But that was such a good line when she was like, when did you become such a prude? You know, it was so good. Right. And then yeah. he cried in the shower. <laughs> I, I, I love that. <laughs> this movie was so funny, too. I laughed. It, I laughed throughout. I did. It was so good. I, I really I don't have a lot of bad thing. I really don't have anything bad to say about the movie. Um, I, The kills were awesome, man. So can we talk real quick about some of these kills here? So the first one. Um, is RJ, yeah, uh, the 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 Artur porn director, mm-hmm. and it just sort of comes out of nowhere, kind of. Um, he's trying to leave, and Pearl is standing in his way, and he has to get out and help her, and she tries to seduce him, <sighs> and which is so great. I love that plot thread that Pearl is just trying to get some. I know I, we haven't talked about Pearl enough, but I'll let you finish. We'll talk about Pearl yeah. after, but yeah. And I, man, so she stabs him in the neck with a, with a switchblade. Uh-huh. And he, and the, okay. I, it's, it's hard to get me with like gross, but as um, earmuffs, if you care about like descriptions of gore, cause this is gross um, <laughs> for real. Uh, he hits the ground and she like straddles him and, uh, and you're thinking maybe there's going to be something kind of even crazier happening and it's not. Um, yeah. And then she continues to like slash at his throat and like nearly decapitate him. And you see it in like this red hued silhouette and it's beautifully shot. First of all, it's the movie cool because the blood splatters so... onto the headlights. It makes oh red my light. God. I know that was cool. it's, yeah. it's so good. And it's so disgusting as you're looking at it and you <laughs> see like his neck, like falling apart like meat yeah, off the gross. bone like at a like a renaissance fair like someone's eating a turkey leg and it's just like oh, god <laughs> yeah you're welcome um and it's so gross but it's so good It, yeah i mean um speaking of that the technical aspect of this movie i loved how dated a lot of the shots in this movie felt um two in particular one scene in particular and one shot in particular were very very throwback to me um um the shot is when mia goth's character maxine is walking to the lake um Mm -hmm. to go swim with the alligator that she doesn't know is there um and you see pearl standing behind her watching her and then and then it's you have a slow zoom out to a huge wide shot that is the most giallo shot i've seen in a modern movie that didn't come out in the 70s you know what i'm saying it like that's that's a giallo reference james one that one <laughs> not malignant. So malignant no it's not no. <laughs> um and then um to me my favorite scene in the whole movie is the split screen scene with while while kid cuddy's playing landslide on the guitar oh my god, that was hilarious too i loved it i was doing a vocal performance <laughs> how oh my god i loved it it's so it was good so stupid i loved it was it. amazing but it was so stupid i loved it i loved pearls and like pearls getting ready like putting her makeup on and brushing her 
little hairs it was so cute I, I loved like to me that actually gave you a lot of character for pearl and gave you some motivation and it's like because per, pearl it's ridiculous pearl shouldn't be able to kill anybody um so she needs they like make some, it believable the way she does it though that's yeah. true that's true like she's not like leather facing hoisting somebody up with a chainsaw but like it's i love scream five yeah no but like I loved giving her this motivation of like hating the youth and she's trying to be pretty. And I the scene was super hokey on purpose, you know, like it's very Ty West knew what he was doing there. That it's not the the sliding split screen that's so oh my yeah. god. Have you when have you ever seen that in a film in in theaters? No, never. Not that I can recall, no. I mean, th- that used to be a thing you would get in old, like, Giallo or uh, direct-to-video action, or not direct-to-video, um, action movies, or just, like, it's, it's very like cheesy, like, rom-coms and stuff. They, cheesy they rom-coms, that. too, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I, I loved that, speaking of Pearl, just, she's my favorite, one of my favorite horror villains that we've gotten in a very long time. Need her in Dead by Daylight. I, yeah, so that's exactly what I said. Um, she was, she's just horny, you know. She is, and she, because her husband won't give her any, she really resents. He has a use. bad she, heart, Dylan. His things he could do, Michael. <laughs> he has a bad um, heart. Yeah, whatever. I was expecting him to hit on one of the other, one of the younger women, and be no, like, he loves his wife. Yeah, I, but I was—I don't—I didn't trust him at first. I oh no, I, no, I—I—I I, I mean, you shouldn't. But um, I mean, he tried his best at the end. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he did. I love that motivation. It was just so simple, but so like impactful because it mm-hmm. ended up being. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but like, I thought the way everyone treated Pearl was like a commentary on how we treat the elderly. A it absolutely bit. was. I was going to bring that up too. Like, I feel like there's a lot of. Um, comments about how we treat the elderly, very similar to um, a story we covered last year about that George Romero film, the the amusement park. Um, oh right, 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 yeah, right. Which is he got paid to make this movie. If you don't remember, he George Romero got paid to make this movie about uh, as a promo film for a church, but he ended up making a social commentary on elder abuse, uh, and it's amazing. Um, but anyway, I feel like we got a lot of that in this because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Pearl and was Harold Howard, whatever yeah, Howard Howard. Um, they're super gross and like decrepit looking, but like Ty West isn't telling us that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I like, was shocked. Yeah, I agree. In, like, in, in like in in the love scene between the two of yeah. them, it is played relatively straight. You yeah. know, you know, aside uh-huh. from like the horror element. Um, but like, it's not like gross out shots on like a boil, you know, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like if it was a different movie, you would have had like, you know, gross, gross out shots of like, you know, close up on his face or weird, exaggerated sound effects. You know, it was, it was portrayed normally, which is projecting back to us, our own things of going, why can't these old people do that? You know, why are we, I mean, I agree to some extent. They also they were also made to look pretty gross. Well, yeah, of course they were. Villain like villainized, you know. Well, yeah, uh, no, no, definitely. But uh, they, I mean, 
it was interesting the way everyone reacted to them because it was either like Maxine's reaction, which is like, y'all look gross, so I'm scared of you. Like, right. You know, like when she had the lemonade scene with Pearl, or it was like Bobby Lynn's reaction, which is like very infantilizing, like, hey, sweetie, like, oh, my, my grandmas have this too. It's, I'm all used to it. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> we got the full spectrum, you know? Right. And I'm glad they, that, Man, I think that's my favorite scene. If I had to pick one, when, the love scene. No, when Bobby Lynn is on the pier and she's like, "Come Gets on, it. sweetie!" Like I wanted to be a what did she say? Like a a nurse or something. Right. Um, and then <laughs> that dialogue felt so real too. Like it did she was because she was being really nice, but like like in such infantilizing, a, in such an infantilizing way. Like all, yeah, it's like all this is still the, a grown woman. Like right, all the characters, they, they, everyone just mistreats Pearl. Honestly, you feel bad for Pearl. Like to to an extent, to an extent. No, to a full extent, I do. Well, I mean, she's but also killing people. But after she did that, and then she pushed her in the lake with the crocodile, and was like, I can't say. What yeah, she d- said, drops probably, the b word. Yeah, but it's like so good. Like Pearl got her. I don't know. Pearl got her. That's the only part that made me groan a little bit. Like the one liner as she pushes her in. No, I loved it. It was such like a. <laughs> I, I read an article about the alligator, and Ty West was uh, kind of talking about how they had to have four different types of alligators to film that scene. And like, it was just, he's like, it was very complicated. It's like, we had one head, we had a tail, we had a top. And then we had like a couple other heads that we could have to put on. And then we had a fiberglass bottom. It's like, it was a lot. He's like a lot going into that, that alligator scene. I really liked that first alligator scene. I thought it was great. The first, the first one during the daytime was like, I mean, it was kind of silly that the alligator was right there waiting at this moment. Yeah, waiting too. for her to, to deliver the B word and push her in and then eat her. That's this movie's Camp Michael. It's not, it is. I don't think that moment is to be taken seriously. No, I know. Um, the way but, this everything Pearl does is pretty uh, shocking and unrealistic. Well, yeah, the way she, she stabs Wayne through the eye with a pitchfork and then the perfect was, holes in the that are yeah. already in the well, yeah, thing. she, yeah, and oh, how about the nail on the foot? That was disgusting. I love that. Oh, very quiet place. I'm no more nails and feet, please. I was, I'm done with that. Um, how did you? My theater was pretty small before we wrap this up. My theater was pretty not very not full. How did your theater react to Pearl shooting the shotgun? I assume it was a laughed. big laugh, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was hilarious because, like, see, that's what I mean. You were like. That would have been a very unrealistic moment if Pearl was able to to pull that off. Right. But she shoots she shoots at a character at the end and yeets herself out of the house. Breaks a hip. Yeah, and breaks her hip. The way I, everyone dies, the way the villains die in this movie is not very uh I love like how Howard gets grossed out and has a heart attack. <laughs> I I that, I love that so much. I was like, what oh my mean? god, he did it. He primed he primed it, he, he primed up his heart earlier. With the love scene, yeah, we were rooting for him because we we're like, "Oh, he did it! He was able to pull it off, and he, his heart was fine." And then at the end, he sees something, something gross, and that he did has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> but but how about um the last uh, before we wrap it up uh for with the kills um Jenna Ortega's character I don't remember the character's name Church Mouse they called Lorraine her a lot. Lorraine. How about when she's getting her hand obliterated in her shining homage over there? Like yeah, oh that was kind of weird. Actually, she didn't make any sounds. I thought that was a weird choice. Yeah, like she was just like, oh, and then she like pulled her hand in. Like she wasn't screaming or anything. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, it, I that that either way, it was super gross. Uh, I don't remember her not making any sounds. I didn't. I didn't notice that. Um, but I her think, finger. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, we need to. Um, she's not a big part of this movie. 
Um, but I like that she was like the virgin who died, you know, right. and Maxine was the, you know, the porn actor who lived. I thought that was a cool thing. But um, I think we should, I think Jenna Ortega needs to be in more things. I guess she's going to be Wednesday, but yes. she's like, I think she solidified her scream queen status because she's been in like three Scream really five. solid horror movies what yeah. was the other horror movie she was in babysitter on netflix I which i that. love that movie it's so good you would like it it's a it's okay. a slasher um about an evil baby demonic babysitter um oh hell yeah but she's she's so good yeah i want her to be in more things i i agree and Brittany um, Snow, I haven't seen her in forever. I was so happy to see her back. And she did too. such a good job. And she was great in this. And that character, again, like much like Kid Cudi's character, in another movie, you would have absolutely hated her. Yeah, they had to pull off. She had a lot to pull off making that character likable, you know? Like, I didn't really hate anybody, ex- like with the exception of RJ. Like, all the characters felt very real and had dimension and were very, very smart. I like this movie a lot. Let's. Um, do you have anything else you want to say before, before we rate it, Dylan? Um. Yeah, I would say that this movie is best seen, I think, with a group. If you can get a few friends together, um, or go to the theater on like a busy night, like a Friday or Saturday. Sure. Um, I think it has like a, a like an audience effect that helps with it. Um, but that's it. I think watch it either way. You can watch it at home. I don't think it's something you need to rush out to the theater to see. It's not too impacted by the theater experience, I don't think. Because but... my theater was pretty small um, and I had a really good time, but I was also yeah. pre-primed to really like it. So Yeah, for sure. But I think like for non-fans, maybe, maybe right. it would help. But um, watch it at home. If you don't want to go out to see it, watch it at home. Get a, get a couple friends together and watch it. Absolutely. Um, so let's rate this. Um, and for um, reference, we do rate on the letterboxed scale, which is 0.5 to 5, because uh, I think that's it. Yeah, there's no quarter stars. Um, so, Dylan, I'll let you go first. I went first last time. Okay. I'm going to give it a four stars out of five. Okay. I was teetering back between four and a half and four. I We were in the same place. I'm giving it a four five. But I think it, the only reason I knocked off a star is I think it, in the last act fell into being a little uh, formulaic, which I know is the point, but like, I didn't enjoy it as much in the last act, but I still loved it throughout. That's like such a minor complaint, but right. I, I, I loved it. I really don't have much. I, I can't think of anything negative to say about it, but I really just feel like I can't give this movie five stars. I don't know why. Like recency bias you think like you try to protect against that yeah right maybe if i watch this again in a year and think about it again think about it again i could reevaluate um because i was the same way with house of the devil when i watched house of the devil the first time i was like this is the best horror movie i've ever seen and then i saw it again later like oh no it's really good but like uh, relax younger michael relax (laughs) like yeah um it is very good though i highly recommend it um, I think everybody should go uh, see it if you can, if you can handle um, big, big gore. Um, I mean, and I know nudity and, and, yeah, and nudity. Yeah. There was a young teen in this movie with their parents. I was like, oh, no, how horrible for you. Yeah. Oh, there were some people who sat down and then got up and left like 10 minutes into the movie at ours. They I sat down it. next to us. And I was like, they're like, goodbye. After <laughs> the first half of the movie is moaning. Yes. You know? <laughs> 
it's the soundtrack is kind of sparse too and there's like weird little moans in there too yeah um, I, I think the sound design is very good in this movie too i just really have so much good things to say about this movie um really highly recommend going to check out some of uh, his other films uh as well so um anyway i think that's going to do it for us this week for for that but before we go before we go um next week is the oscars yes Are you excited dylan yes it's our annual oscar episode yes although we didn't do one last year well the return of our annual oscar episode. yes well last year's oscars were kind of whack so yeah um, um but anyway um this one they're back in full force so we're going to yes. be talking about all the movies we're going to be talking about dune yes uh other ones we've talked about on here like drive my car coda um all right that's it's, west side it, stories it's like time that. to don't look it's, up it's time to lock it in dylan what's oh what's what's winning best picture what will or what do i want to win both oh um I don't. I haven't thought about what will win. Oh, really? Maybe, maybe Power of the Dog. I think Power of the Dog will win. You think? And I want Coda to win. Coda's okay. been coming up though. It won the uh, Producers' Choice Award last week. Okay. Um, it, it it's having a second win. It was like the underdog, and now it's like getting some some wins. So I'm I'm rooting for Coda. What about you? I'm gonna say Drive My Car. That'd be cool. I I think Drive My Car is gonna win. Um, I would love it if Coda won, though. I would love it because then it could also be a real big hipster about it and talk about how I saw it at Sundance in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you need those bragging rights, Michael. Man, that'd be great. Or if Dune wins, my poster will go up a lot more in value, probably. Oh yeah, it won't, but that would be cool. Yeah, but it, it could. Win. Oh, it won't win. Yeah, yeah, it won't. But it's, it's... if you had to recommend one Oscar movie they watch before next episode, what do you? What what what, what would it be? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say Coda. I don't know. Is Coda watchable anywhere? Apple TV. Okay. Um, it's kind of inaccessible, but it's definitely worth it. If not, if not, if you don't have Apple TV, uh, find Drive My Car. Um, I love that movie. It's really long, though. It's like three hours and it's full of talking. Um, and it's in subtitles. So that might turn some people off. Drive My Car is on HBO Max. Um, okay, cool. So there's that. Um yeah, Coda is only on Apple TV. Gross. Um, but Coda Apple is, TV is v- very much worth it. Just get it, one month. It's curated. I know it's yeah. very, very well curated. Yes. Um, I, Coda is going to be that sleeper hit if it wins. Coda is going to be like when the English patient won. Everybody's like, "What?" Yeah, you know? or like when Moonlight beat La La Land. It's like, right. oh, that movie. Okay. Which I hope happens because we've been about that movie you more than me, longer yeah. than me, but we've been about that movie for a long time. So I know, been about it. But I would yeah. recommend Dune if you want a regular action. Oh, movie. for sure. That's back on HBO Max for free. You can watch it, Ooh. or you know, with the with subscription. They took it off for a while, but it's back. If you want like the typical Oscar drama, go with Power of the Dog. It's on Netflix. I'm trying to do the accessible ones. That's okay. the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch movie. Um, if you want the genre scarier one do nightmare alley the guillermo del toro movie very good and then if you want the comedy do don't look up so i've covered all the bases all the genres you know don't look up is on netflix it's is, the adam mckay one with the huge cast i thought it was very funny is is uh does belfast have a chance it does yeah but i, I didn't recommend it okay well there you go 
Just go watch it's them. It's interesting. It's just not very uh, podcasty. It's a little bit more like it's been black and white, and it's very introspective. And right, I don't know. <laughs> interesting. Um, do you know what? Do you know what the odds are? I haven't like, looked in a long time. Actually, I, okay. I look at the odds a lot when Oscar season's happening to know what to watch because I want to. I like to make it a point to watch every Oscar movie, but then after they get nominated, I'm just like, eh, I'll be surprised. Is it Power of the Dog? What do you think is going to win? Um, I don't know. Do they have it. Um, okay. I, I pulled up an article, but it, there's a lot of uh, Coda is five to one. Hmm. Um, they don't have it. They don't just have a big list. It's it's an article where you have to read the whole thing and then get get the uh, everybody's odds, but. They're if you talk- want to play along, you can go to Gold Derby and look at the odds. That's right. Interesting. Well, we'll be we'll be back next week with uh, Monica, our resident uh, other kinophile here. Um, I think she saw X. We should ask her to be on for, for this too. I didn't think about that. Um, sorry, Monica. But anyway, make sure you go check out some of those movies to get prepared for next week's Oscars. They're on Sunday, right, Dylan? Yep, Sunday night. Cool. Well, thank you all so much for downloading us. We really appreciate all the support. Bye, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around for the mid-credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.